1: The error of Balaam and how to avoid it will continue on today's edition of Times of Refreshing. If you were with us yesterday, you'll remember we began a look at the error of Balaam and what that was and why we're warned to avoid that error here in Jude verse 11. Today, we continue with our look at this error and why it is so deadly. It's all part of our mini series out of the book of Jude. Join us. This is Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman from the well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. We're studying the book of Jude here this week and into next week as well, understanding some of the errors we are to avoid. For the details, here now once again is Pastor Napoleon Kaufman.
0: The people began to commit harlotry with the woman, with the women of Moab. They invited the people to to the sacrifices of their gods, and the people ate and bowed down to their gods. So Israel was joined to Baal of Peor. And the anger of the Lord was aroused against Israel. Then the Lord said to Moses, Take all the leaders of the people and hang the offenders before the Lord out in the sun, that the fierce anger of the Lord may turn away from Israel. So Moses said to the judges of Israel, Every one of you kill his men who are joined to Baal of Peor. And indeed, one of the children of Israel came and presented to his brethren a Midianite woman in the sight of Moses. Wow. And in the sight of all the congregation of the children of Israel. Who were weeping at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. Now when Phinehas the son of Eleazar the son of Aaron the priest saw it. He rose from among the congregation and took a javelin in his hand. And, when he had, and he went after the man of Israel into the tent and thrust both of them through. The man of Israel and the woman through her body. So the plague was stopped among the children of Israel. Powerful now, we see here. God said they're not blessed, God said they are blessed. He said they are blessed, you can't curse them. But in this particular situation, we see something happen here that is amazing. The enemy is a strategist, he knows. Now, watch this, he's a strategist. He knows that okay, the only way if God, if I can't use this diviner who's in a backslidden condition to speak a curse, then. The only way that I can get the children of Israel to fall prey to deception is by getting them to, or or to to God's, to, the only way I can get God to get angry with them so I won't have to touch them, God will, is if I get them involved in sexual immorality. I get them to join themselves with someone. I get them to disobey God because now we won't need to curse them. God will be angry at them. And he'll deal with them. So the Bible says the anger of the Lord was aroused against them. And God sent a plague. Because of their rebellion and disobedience. The question is, how did they know how to get children of Israel, the children of Israel, in this predicament? Come back next week and I'll tell you. How did they know? How did they know that this is, if you do, if you do this, then the plague is going to come down and they'll get jacked up. God will just tear them up. How would they know? Watch this. The Bible is awesome. Go to Numbers chapter 31. Numbers 31. God wants to deal with the Midianites. They've joined themselves with the children of Israel. God had the judge them. Phineas stops the plague. Now God is not done. He still wants to deal with this Midianite issue. And in verse 14, it says this. But Moses was angry with the officers of the army, with the captains over thousands and captains over hundreds who had come from the battle. And Moses said to them, have you kept all the women alive? Look, these women caused the children of Israel through the counsel of who? Through the counsel of Balaam to trespass against the Lord in the incident of Peor. And there was a plague among the congregation of the Lord. I want to stop right there. So now we see Balaam knew that he could not curse the people because God said they were blessed. But what he did was because he wanted the money and I'm going to prove it to you in the scripture. Because he wanted the money he said if you want to get them in trouble then I'm going to counsel you on how to get them in trouble. You get them joined together with The women in your nation. And that is a violation of God's law. Because he doesn't want us to be joined to other people. And he doesn't want them to be worshiping false gods. And then it won't matter what you guys do. Because God will get upset at them. And he'll judge them for what they've done. And saints listen to me. This is the counsel that he gave. So that he can get the money. Now watch this. Saints, all of us here have to be watchful. The devil will strategically try to place people in your life, even false teachers that are in your life for the sake of coddling you and for the sake of um, comforting you in your sin so that their ministries or churches can become more packed. I'm just, can I just talk about this? this I'm just going to preach to y'all today. Because what happens is is this. The devil doesn't mind you coming to church. It's not as you're not living for God. And if that means I've got to take the message and water it down so that I can fill my coffers to keep this machine running, then I will do that. Because my motivation isn't to see your life change into the image and likeness of Jesus Christ from glory to glory. And to become so full of God that you get delivered from self and become everything that God wants you to become. My goal is, the enemy's goal through people is just, I want to have a big church. So I can get my stuff. And so the motivation is wrong. And the counsel is wrong. And the deliverance isn't there. And the freedom isn't there. Based on the fact that a person, as we see with Balaam, is being moved. He's being moved. They're being moved by motivations that aren't pure in the sight of God. We have to be very, very mindful of this. Because many people have gone in the era of Balaam for a prophet. He said, I can't curse them, but I can show you how to curse them. You do this, but as long as you're giving me my money, I don't care what happens to them. And this is what happens a lot of times. I see this happen where people, it's, there's not a love for God and a love for people. It's, I'm going to preach a message that, that if people remain bound, that's fine with me as long as they're coming to church. And I look good when they look at my, my newsletter. Saints, I don't want to have a church where we have a bunch of people in here and we're packing the place out and we have good service, but people are bound and addicted to drugs and not walking with God and and fornicating and lying and cussing and stealing. I mean, why are we here at church? The sign of our ministry being a good ministry is not how many people are coming to the church. It's how many people are living for God in the church. Can I have an amen in here? So he gave him the counsel... Because he wanted money to get these people in their, in their situation. I'm going to prove it to you again. Go to 2 Peter chapter 2. 2 Peter chapter 2 verse 14 on down to 17. He's talking about the doom of false teachers. And as he gets down in verse 14, speaking concerning these individuals' character, it says here in verse 14, Having eyes full of adultery and that cannot cease from sin. He says, these people are enticing unstable souls. They have a heart trained in covetous practices and are accursed children. This is what Apostle Peter is saying concerning these individuals. He says in verse 15, they have forsaken the right way and gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Beor, who loved the wages of what? who loved the wages of unrighteousness. He says, but he was rebuked for his iniquity. A dumb donkey speaking with a man's voice restrained the madness of the prophet. So the Bible called him a prophet, but we also see he was a diviner. Why? He was in a backslidden condition. He had the gift and the calling, but now he's an anointing. He says here, these are wells without water, clouds carried by tempest, For whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. This is dangerous. So we see once again he is in a situation where this man, he loved the wages of unrighteousness. Did not love God. Did not have a love for the people. But his whole motivation for doing what he was doing, we see in the story, was simply to get paid. Just pay me, bro. Just pay me. That's all I care. Can you come preach? Oh yeah, I come preach. We're going to give you $5,000. Oh, that's the Lord. We're going to give you $5,000. That's the Lord. In this church, I want to tell you one of the things that we do a workman is worthy of his hire. Of course, we should bless the ministry gifts. When I go to preach, I make it my policy because I'm going to places they may not have $5,000. They may not have $10,000. They may not have a private jet. They may not have the special water that you want. They may not have a a five-star hotel. They may not have all this stuff. But God may say, I want you to go and preach to them. And what am I supposed to say? I can't come. Why can't you come? Because you can't afford me. Saints, this is going on in the body of Christ all around us. I'm telling you, as your pastor, I will never uh, tolerate that in this house from any of the ministers in this church. Did God send you on the mission? Well, He's faithful to provide for you if He sent you on the mission. I have gone to places to preach, and the people, Minister Jennifer, has been with me to preach. Drive two, three hours out into wherever, get there. There's 20 people there. Preach hard. I'm sweating. Falling out, praising hard, and I get the offering, and, and they gave me $50. Who knows? I don't know that God knows, and if they're not giving me what they should have gave me, then God will deal with them. All I know is that I went and I did my assignment. Can I have an amen in this place? I did my assignment, and then go and then you go to another church, and it's 20 people, and they give you $5,000. Go figure. I don't know. God just knows how to take care of you. Amen. But it's a shame because we got this mindset. Well, if you're not going to pay me, I'm not going to do it. Well, the devil is alive. lie. Well, then go find some else to preach because you're not preaching at the well because we don't do things like that around here. Who wants to come and preach and just preach and can I have an amen in here? Saints, we got to get it. And I understand people got to take care of their families. But I trust God that if you're faithful to do what he asks you to do, then he's faithful to supply the need that you have in your life. It is a privilege for any of us to stand in ministry, to be serving in any capacity at all, because all of us don't deserve nothing. Because if it had not been for the blood of Jesus that was... Don't, don't get me started in here. I'm about to start running through this place. Because some of us, we got to get back to just being a, man, make me an usher. Make me a deacon. Make me a servant of children. Man, I don't care what it is. God save my life. But people are going in the era of Balaam for profit. And we see it all over Christian television. And I'm on television and on radio. But we see it. But people's motivation for doing what they're doing is wrong. And we got to make sure that we don't go down this road. God is faithful to supply all of your needs according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Yes. Can I have an amen? And so this, was, this, this is what happened. He went down this road. Ultimately, it's a shame because Balaam was killed. And God didn't blink. Because his motivation was wrong. His heart wasn't right in the sight of God. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. And we talked about this at the Wednesday night Bible study. I want to just preach this real hard. And get you out of here. Look at this. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. One verse, verse 17. Man, I just had this thought. As I'm sitting up here. You know, if... If you can't do your assignment before God, if you can't do your assignment that God has given you, if you cannot do it for free, you can't do it for money. Making money. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? If you can't do it for free, you can't do it really while you're making money. I just had that thought. Because at the end of the day... You have to be, you and I have to be so in love with God that whatever he's asking us to do, we're willing to do it. And when you can do it for free, when God does place money in your hands when you're doing it, it won't corrupt you. Because that's not the reason why you were doing it in the first place. That just came to me right now. That's the mindset. We have to love it that much and love God and his assignment that much that if I did had to do it for free, I'd do it. Because I just want to do what God asked me to do. Amen. Amen. Watch this. Look at verse 17. For we are not as so many peddling, or the King James says, corrupting the word of God. But as of sincerity, there's the motivation. But as from God, we speak in the sight of God in Christ. For we are not as so many Peddling the word of God. But as of sincerity. But as from God. We speak in the sight of God. This this Greek word. It means the word peddler there. It means to be a retailer. It means to be a huckster. It means to be a profiteer. It means to. This word literally means. To preach for money. Or to profess Faith for personal gain. So it doesn't just have to do with money. It says here, personal gain. If you're ministering to people so that it makes you feel better, then you're not ministering for the right reason. Mm -mm. i I gotta preach this because sometimes you're gonna preach and they're gonna lie on you they're gonna spit on you they're gonna say oh that's a terrible word i don't receive that that was a terrible message and if you're doing it for your own personal profit or personal gain and to make yourself feel better then you're gonna have a rough road preaching in ministry because sometimes God's going to ask you to speak something and the people are going to look at you angry and funny and snarl at you and, and crank at you and look cross-eyed at you and everything else. But you got to keep on preaching knowing that God, I don't care, I'll preach to myself if I have to. Can I have an amen here? I'll minister. If nobody gives me an amen, if nobody shouts me down, if nobody says thank you, Jesus, it's did I do my assignment. Glory to God, I feel this in here. Somebody needs to hear this today. Because you're not going to always have people pat you on the back for the stuff that you have to say. Uh, Elijah gave the word of God to Jezebel and Ahab. And they wanted to kill him afterwards. Jesus came preaching righteousness and truth. In one minute the people were shouting him down and praising him. And the next thing they were yelling, crucify him. At some point in time, all of us got to realize, this is, I got to do this because I love God. And I love God's people. I'm not doing it just for personal profit. I thank God. I know his principles. He'll bless me if I do what I'm supposed to. That's his responsibility to bless me. He's obligated to, listen, see, I didn't call myself. Can I have an amen? You didn't call yourself. If he called you, he's obligated to bless you. But a lot of times he wants to test you. What's your motive? Will you do it for free? Because if you can't do it for free, you won't do it well if I pay you for it. And sometimes God has a good way of when you're doing it for free, blessing you in another way that you never thought you'd ever get blessed in if you just stay faithful. Your sacrifice... Is working for you. Saints, I have to share this with you today because there are many people that are in church, preachers, and then just people in church that I see motives changing. I see it. People have lost their contentment with just working and serving God. People, people are in a position nowadays where you see them, they're always trying to, to go up the ladder. They're always wanting to, you know, you know, what people call, ah, oh man, a lot of times what people call ambition is really just greediness and a lack of gratefulness. What a lot of people call ambition is greediness and a lack of gratefulness. If you'll be faithful in a few things, you'll open your, yourself up to being ruler over much. But all of us have to stop and say, God, help me not to do what I do just for personal grain or for money. I don't want to be a huckster. I don't want to be a, a profiteer, a retailer with the gospel. I don't want to do this just for personal gain. Satan, our church, I want our church to be a church that's full of people serving that aren't looking for a pat on the back. Aren't looking for money to do it. But they're looking to say. God if you call me to do it. I'll do it. And I'll do it as hard as I can for your glory. Can I have an amen here? And let me close by saying this. This condition that Apostle Paul is addressing. Was in it's infancy stage. At this particular time. Imagine what it is now. After 2,000 years. Imagine how many people are basically serving Christ just for what he'll do for them. Are serving a ministry just for what I get out of it. Are preaching the gospel just because they're looking for another gig. Or another, you know, I mean, saints. At some point in time, we truly got to become apostolic And be looking for assignments, not just opportunities. And this message that I'm preaching to you, it's not very popular. But you know what? I don't care. I don't care. That's just the message I got. That's what he gave me right there. Let's break that in this house right now. Father God, from the oldest to the youngest in this church, God, we stand in your presence as vessels of righteousness. Jesus, when you sent your apostles out to to minister, to make a point. God, they were commanded to take nothing. And God, you supplied their need. God, today, our mindset is we choose to serve you. Solely on the basis of our love for you. And our love for people. God, as you continue to open up doors for this ministry. As our church continues to grow. God, I pray that you would keep us from the corruption that we see. Even the error of Balaam who ran greedily for profit. His mind was just on the money. He could care less about Israel. And Father, I pray today that you would break anything off of this church, anything off of anybody in this room today that is just looking to benefit themselves by being in this house. God, in the name of Jesus, God, we take authority over every peddling spirit, every hireling, oh, there it is, every hireling demon. God we don't want to be hirelings We want to be ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ We want to be sick ones God And this afternoon we thank you We thank you right now That you're changing mindsets You're breaking the power of the enemy And God you're setting us free God we'll serve you And nothing else In Jesus' name we pray.
1: Thank you for joining us for Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. This program is a production of The Well Christian Community, and we pray this message has blessed you in a special way. If it has, please let us know by contacting us today. You can write to us at The Well Christian Community, 2333 Neeson Drive. We're here in Livermore. The zip code is 94551. You can also contact us by phone at 925-292-7800. That's 925-292-7800. Learn more about us as well as drop us an email at our website, thewellchurch.net. Again, that's thewellchurch.net.